I'm doing the second Bible reading, which is taken from Psalm 90. Can we find on page 625 of the Pew Bible? It's the prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you were brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of man. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep man away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. So in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is seventy years, or eighty, if we have the strength. Yet this span is but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble, may your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to your children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, friends, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we ask you bless it. Encourage our hearts uh, with it. We pray you challenge our hearts as well. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, every one of us this morning has a date of birth. I'm sure all of us remember the date, well, at least we remember the date of our birth, right? I hope so. Our birth certificate confirms the day we were born and where we were born. Just recently, I had to uh, renew my Australian passport. I had to take my certificates with me. And on my passport, it says, Well, Chris, Anand and the Christopher Syria are born on such and such a day. Place of birth, Colombo, Sri Lanka. So, but I'm an Aussie, but I'm born there in Colombo. So that's why I support the Sri Lankan cricket team. <laughs> I mean, how could I not do that? Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, and and, and uh, life has a beginning date, the date when we arrived in this world. And life will also have a date when it ends. Birth certificate and a death certificate. And in between this beginning date and the end date, we all journey through this maze called life. It is challenging. It's confronting, it's exhilarating, it is fun, it's also one of sadness as well to many. 
And so how should you and I live our lives here on earth? What perspective do you have this morning about your life today? There is an old adage that says, Aim at nothing and you will hit it every time. Aim at nothing and you will hit it every time. And so friends, this morning, a misdirected life, I think, is a wasted life. A misdirected life, I think, is a wasted life. And so this morning, we're going to continue to look and to work our way through some of the Psalms. And today, I want to focus our thoughts on Psalm 90, and in particular, Psalm 90 and in verse 12. I said to someone this past week, I'm going to speak on Psalm 90 and verse 12, and this person looked at me and said, so you're going to speak on just one verse? I said, yes. That means the sermon is going to be so short, Chris. Well, notice the title of this sermon. Life is short. When I said this to one of my kids, he said, oh, dad, it's going to be a short sermon then. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, before we look at this text, let me give you a very quick background to this psalm. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. It is the only psalm that was written by Moses. Therefore, it is the oldest of all the psalms. The language in the psalm is similar to the Old Testament books of the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. God's people were in bondage in Egypt. We can read about this in Exodus, in the book of Exodus. And by God's grace and power, they were brought out of Egypt and they were traveling from Egypt to the promised land. Now this should have been a very short time. Instead, it turned out to be an exercise for how many years? You know that. The journey in the wilderness for 40 long years. Imagine that. No place to stay. You put up your tent. The next day you carry everything and go to the next place. No home, no place to call home. And God's people were on this journey of 40 years in the wilderness. There was death, there was despair, there was disappointment, there was discouragement. And Moses cried out and looked to God anew so that he could see and look at life, not from the perspective of their suffering, but from an eternal perspective. So I'd like you to keep your Bibles open to Psalm 90, because we're going to work our way in this passage, and I want to refer to sections of this psalm as well. Well, the psalm begins with these wonderful words, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the, the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now, if you look at this, friends, you would see that in the light of this reality of the eternity of God, Moses then contrasts the shortness of life on earth. And he wants us to see life from God's perspective, to have an eternal perspective to our earthly living. And so this morning I've titled the message, Life is Short, How Should I Live? Teach us to number our days, 
that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Look at two areas this morning. Why should we number our days? And how should we live out our days? Why should we number our days? Let me pose this question to you this morning. How many days have you lived so far? Take your iPhones, the smartphones, whatever, and do the calculation after the service. Anyway, it doesn't matter. How many days have you actually lived? I mean, think about it. Do the math. 365 days a year, give and take a few leap years in between, and you can work out roughly how many days you and I have lived so far. For some year this morning, you may have lived many, many days. Our text tells us, teach us to number our days. And why? Because the psalm psalm itself gives us the clue as to why we should number our days. In verses 9 and 10. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. You see, the fact is, human life is short. For some, it will be an average lifespan, maybe of 70 or 80 years. It could be more than 80. We have quite a few people here over the years, over 80 years of age. Just two weeks ago, we celebrated the birthdays of two ladies in our congregation who reached 100 years. They have lived and continue to live many days in their lives. What an amazing journey it was and is for those two ladies. Now it's very possible this morning that some of us will live longer uh, in, in the future as well. I was reading with interest a new medical research and technology breakthrough in the world recently about heart transplant. Uh, we have some cardiologists here, right? We have two cardiologists here this morning. It might be of interest to you. Uh, Sydney, and, and for us as well, for those of us whose hearts are uh, weak. A, <laughs> a Sydney surgeon has successfully transplanted dead hearts. I mean, I read this and I thought, what, what? Let me read it again. Dead hearts into three patients in a breakthrough that could dramatically boost the survival prospects of people with serious heart disease. St. Vincent's Hospital's Kumud. Dital, I think that's how he pronounced his name, has successfully used hearts that had stopped beating in operations performed over the past few months. What a breakthrough, eh? Dead hearts being taken and apparently brought back somehow and put into people's lives and they have a new heart. So what a great breakthrough and we thank God for all the medical research and new medicines that have been developed to sustain and improve the quality of life. However, friends, you and I know that even with such advancement of medical progress, the fact remains that life on earth is short and will come to an end. Agreed? Good. Great. <laughs> right? And, and, and the writer of the psalm brings this into focus. He says, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, You are God and Moses makes the affirmation of the eternal existence of God. He begins by saying, God, you are from everlasting. See, God does not have a beginning date and an end date, just like you and I. God was not created. Sometimes the question is asked, who made God? 
Have you ever, has this question been asked of you? Has ever your child asked you that question? Who made God? <laughs> well, the fact is, the answer is that God did not have to be made because he was always there. That's why he's God. He is self-sustaining. God is eternal. God is self-existing. God exists for himself. He is totally independent. That is why he is God. And at the outset of God's special revelation, he established the fundamental truth that he is the creator of all things. With amazing simplicity, we read these words in the opening lines of the book of Genesis. What is it? Anyone. The first verse, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. With amazing breathtaking simplicity, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then a few, a few lines later in Genesis 1, we read the repeated refrain, and God saw that it was good. What he had made was good. He rejoiced in his creation. And in his goodness, friends, God created man and woman, our first parents, Adam and Eve, from dust. He created both male and female in his own image. You see, contrary to the evolutionary hypothesis, so vigorously promoted by atheists like Richard Dawkins, who maintains that we are all chance amalgams of subatomic particles, mere carbon units that have no meaning and no ultimate significance, the Bible tells us that it is God who has created us in his image. You see that? And Psalm 139 gives us a beautiful picture of the creative work of God. Let me point out that text to you in Psalm do I get that there? Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because why? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And then the psalmist says this. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass. What do you see there, friends? What do you see there? That this amazing God has put you together with your own DNA composition, with your own shape. With their own style, with their own fingerprint, everything God has put together. Isn't that amazing? You see, this is why it, uh, the human life is precious. This is why every human being has value, right? This is why every human being is treated and must be treated and upheld with dignity. No matter who they are, which country they are, which faith they are, which nationality, which color of their skin, they are made in the image of God and has dignity and value. And someone said to me some time back, God does not make junk. 
human beings. Made in his image. So let no one put you down. By saying, oh, well, you are so and so, and you, are, you don't look so nice, and you're this and you're that, and whatever it is, friends, your life is precious, made by God, for the glory of God, to be lived for God, in the power of God, in a relationship with this living God. Our identity is tied with our God. He does not make junk. You are precious. Did you see that? Every time you stand in front of the mirror, and you look at yourself, and you look at your photos maybe 20 years ago, think, man, what's happened to me? I've lost my hair. You stand there and say, well, I'm precious. God has made me. This is not positive thinking theology. This is fact. This is a fact of God's word. And you look at yourself and say, God, I thank you for making me me. For this is who I am that you have made. Do you see that? And so the psalmist says here in, in Psalm 139, this life, you see, this life is precious. But this life is also short. Look at Psalm 90 verses 3 to 6. Have a look at that text. You return, you turn people back to dust. Saying, return to dust. You mortals, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by, or like a watch in the night. You see, the psalmist here, he reminds us of our mortality. In contrast with the eternity of God, we see the weakness of our human flesh. God has created man out of dust, and to dust he shall go. Whenever I stand at an open grave, and I do a funeral service, which is never easy, never easy. And the undertaker takes the, the, the bucket with sand, and I always ask him for that, and the spade, they say, earth to earth, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Reminds us when I hold the dust, that is dust. You see that? So here is a reminder of our mortality. God has created man out of dust, and a thousand years is, is nothing. Even if we lived a thousand years like Methuselah almost lived, Genesis chapter 5, 27, the point is that with God, a thousand years is like a day. It is like a watch in the night. Notice, friends, how short our lives on earth is. Verses 5 and 6. You sweep away people away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass in the morning. In the morning it springs up, and by evening it is dry and withered. You see, God sweeps away our lives in death. We are alive only for a fleeting moment. And we soon close our eyes in the sleep of death. Are you depressed this morning when you hear this? Sounds depressing, isn't it? The other day I was uh, with, with our son. I have lots of conversations. Never am with my children. Anyway, I was with my son, a captive audience, in the car. I can't go anywhere, so father's driving, that's it. <laughs> anyway, the other day I was with us and so on, and we, I, I, we drove past a church in Camberwell. And parked in front of the church was a beautiful funeral car. It actually looks so nice. I said to Sean, what a pity it's a funeral car. A hearse. The whole roof and the sides were made of glass. And it was shining in the glittering sun. Made of glass. And I said to Sean, that's a nice car, son. But sadly, the passenger in that car has no idea that he or she is traveling with a beautiful car with a glass top. 
but in that car is a dead body. A beautiful car, wonderful glass roof. That's death. That's the reality of death. You see, today the world is confronted with death. It's confronted all the time. We have the Ebola virus in West Africa. Nearly 5,000 people have been swept away in death. Notice that we are like grass. You see, in the desert condition, the early morning dews caused small grass to grow, but when the noon sun blazed, it withered and perished. And so it is with mankind. The question then, for you and for me, the question is this. Why is there death in the first place? Why? Would it be nice for us to live on this earth forever and forever and forever? Why do we age? Would you want to be 21 all the time? Or sweet 16? I don't know, whatever, you pick, pick your choice. Why do we age? Why, why is there death? Why can't we live forever on earth? And I, I sat there and I thought for a moment, why? Why, why, why? Why are we under the sentence of death? Psalm 97 to 11, I'm not going to read it. It's all there. Consumed, the Moses says, they're consumed in your anger, they're terrified in your indignation, our iniquities are before you, our secret sins are before you. Remember Moses, friends, that God's people were in the wilderness. Israel had sinned against God. Our iniquities are before, the, before God. And I won't go into the history here, but look at Genesis chapters 1 to 3. Adam and Eve fell into sin. And when they did, the punishment for that was See, death is God's judgment for sin. It is not a natural cause. It wasn't the case in the start. But death is a consequence. It's a judgment of God on sin. Paul says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then, Romans 6.23a, what does it say? For the wages of sin is death. If you look beyond that, but the gift of God is eternal life in His Son, Jesus Christ. Major sin is death. You see. So, how are you living your life? Teach us to number our days. Moses is pleading with God to teach us to number our days. That is, that we must weigh our days and value each day as a gift from God to live. I was reading about Shakespeare who said this. If you can look into the seeds of time. And say with grain, which, which grain will grow and which will not. Speak then to me. <laughs> Do you get, get the pun there, what he's saying? See? He's saying is, he's saying, you don't know. The point is that we don't know. The point is that we don't know what lies ahead. This is why we should number our days by making our life count for the one who has made us God. Teach me to number my days because I want to live this life from your perspective and value life from your perspective. I want to see my life as a gift from you. And every day, God, I want to thank you that you have given me the breath of life. Do you live your life like that? Do I live my life like that? There are some days that it's tough. Some days you wonder what is going on in your life. Some days when everything keeps bombarding, you think, well, what's the use? Well, your life is precious. See it that way from God. And say, Lord, no matter what may come my way, 
You have been my dwelling place, as Moses says at the start of this psalm. You have been our dwelling place. I might be going through a rough patch right now. I might be going through a tough time in the workplace, in my school, in my relationships, whatever it may be. Lord, I put my trust in you because you have been and are my dwelling place for all generations. What a joy that is. Do you trust this God? So how should we live this life for the rest of our days? Number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Number in our days is more than some mathematical calculation. It is approach to life of understanding, but that it belongs to the one who made us. I was looking through the, uh, the clip the other day on uh, in, in Dead Poets Society. You've seen that, right? Some of you would have seen it. Robin Williams plays the key role. And he asked one of his students, What does the Latin phrase... The line phrases. Come on. Carpe diem. Hey? Carpe diem. What does it mean? And the student raises his hand and says, Carpe diem means seize the day. And then Robin Williams focuses on the words. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. This is part of the poem that's been read. And he asked his students, why did the writer use this line? Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. And then, Robin Williams says this, because we are food for worms. In his typical style, we are food for worms. In other words, life is short, so get on with it now. It's a very telling scene in the movie. And then he calls all these students and he shows all those photos there. And he says, listen, listen to what they're saying. Because they're all dead. And they're all gone. Carpe diem, carpe diem. Seize the day. See, when you look at life from God's perspective, it's not just carpe diem that is seize the day. You seize the moment. You see it every day as an opportunity that God in His grace has given to you and me. When I get up in the mornings, yes, it might be a tough night, it might be a tough day the next day. I just, you know, my routine, I go for a walk. If I don't, I'm miserable for the day, but it doesn't matter. I go out there because it's my time with God to say, Lord, I just want to thank you for a new day. What you have in store for me, I don't know. But I just trust you for this day. See, life without God is no hope, friends. But the psalmist doesn't give us this note of depression. Notice, notice verses 13 to 17 as we wind up this message this morning. Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. May your deeds be shown to your servants. Your favor on their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. You know, what a joy it is to have God's favor rest upon you, right? I don't need any man's favor to rest upon me, so long as, by God's grace, I have God's favor resting on me. That's the way. And the psalmist here is counted and he's appealing to God. May his grace be poured out. Moses says, may there be a new day of grace may dawn on us, Lord. So, friends, today, for us living this side of the psalm, God has indeed shown us His favor. And how has He done that? He has not abandoned His creation. He has not abandoned mankind. 
We read, and Brian read that passage in John chapter 10 this morning, where we speak, see, of the good shepherd. And look at what Jesus says. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. What's he saying after that? Let's read it. I have come that they may have life and have it to the... Aha. Do you get that? Not a half, not an empty life, but a full life. An abundant life. A life with meaning. A life with purpose. A life with vision. A life with direction. A life with perspective. God's perspective on your life. Are you living an empty life today? Are you living by God's grace an abundant life? It doesn't mean that you're whistling all the time while you work. You might want to do that. No matter what happens, you know that the abundant life and goodness of God is with you. And you know that. Because His Spirit has indwelt you. And He has sealed you. And He has made you His child. When you trust Jesus Christ, your life will not be the same anymore. We heard a testimony from Malini. What it means to, when I read that testimony, I thought about that. I mean, a significant what it means to know God, know about God, and what it actually means to know the Lord. You might know lots of things about God, but do you know Jesus this morning? Do you? You see, Jesus left the splendor of heaven. God sent the Son came into this world that very first Christmas with a mission. Have you seen the Christmas trees out already? Yes, we go to shopping centers, they're out there. Very soon, we'll be celebrating Christmas. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Why? That he might take my sin, your sin, nearly to the cross, the Savior, and give to us abundant life. And not just that, my friends. This is what Jesus also said. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, will live though they may die. You see, life, God's abundant life, now in Christ, gives purpose. Teach us to number our days that we may present our heart of wisdom to God. That's how you live, presenting your life into God's hands, living God's way. And when you die one day, because life is short, you will go to be with Christ. Where? Where? Aha! Is that, is that, do I get only one response? Where, where do we go when we die, friends? Because of Jesus. Where? To heaven. And it's eternity. It's heaven. There are two destinies. Heaven and hell. The Bible speaks of that. The one who trusts in Christ goes to be with Christ in heaven. And one day, when Jesus returns, this rotten body, this decayed body, whatever that condition might be, it will be raised up. And God will, in an amazing way, join our soul with this body and give us a new and a glorious body fit to live in the new heavens and the new earth forever. This psalm then becomes fulfilled in all its fullness. How exciting is that? So, let me give you some things. Life is short. So how should I live? One, trusting God. Two, by thanking Him for every day and for everything that He has done for us in Christ. Three, by serving Him. Four, by using all the gifts and talents He has given us to do our very best for Him. 
Five, by not wasting your precious life. Someone said, life is like a coin. You can spend it however you want, but you can spend it only once. So invest your life in serving this living God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for whose glory? Yours? Do it all for the glory of God. You're a doctor, serve him for the glory of God. You're a student, serve him, study for the glory of God. If I'm a, as a pastor, I need to do everything by God's grace for the glory of God. You're a teacher, plumber, sparky, chippy, whatever. A chef, housewife, parent, for the glory of God. Every day you say, Lord, I will live this day. You've given me, thank you Jesus died for me. I have abundant life. I have eternal life to look forward to one day. Today, I want to live for your glory. Now that's going to be hard, you know. It's, it's hard work. But when you see your life from that perspective, you see how it changes you? Because God has put his stamp on our lives. So seize the day. Live the day for the Lord. Make the most of what God has given you. Don't waste it. Don't waste your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for life this morning. Thank you for every single precious person here, Lord, that you have made in your image. We thank you that you've given to each of us this morning life to live. Help us, Lord, not to waste this life, but to invest it in you, to trust you, to come to you this morning and cry to you, Lord. If there is anyone here this morning who's, who's living their lives just for themselves, may today be the day of conversion of knowing Jesus. So those of us who know you, Fill our hearts with gratitude. To teach us to number our days, Lord. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In Jesus' name, Amen.